0: What does it mean to live a cultivated life? To cultivate means to nurture and grow. It also means to try to develop a skill, sentiment, or quality. Losing my daughter, Aria, taught me that life is short, that none of us knows when our days will come to an end. How do you want to live your life? Who are the people that matter to you? Living with intention and purpose while navigating grief and loss is what the Cultivated Family Podcast is all about. I realized how important compassion for myself was in grief, and how important compassion is for other people in their lives. What I want to offer is a message of hope, compassion, and love. You are not alone, my friend, so let's dive in. Hey friend, welcome back to another episode on the Cultivated Family Podcast. This is Megan Hillica. I am so excited to be talking about how grief doesn't ever end. I always say I'm so excited. And it's such a weird topic to be excited about, but I truly believe that um, this is such a topic that every single person in, in our lives will feel grief at some point and it's not talked about enough. So I just feel like it's so fun to talk about and share the things I've learned, not because it's actually fun, because grief is not actually fun, but because I see the the blessings and the fulfillment of talking about this and sharing this and um, cultivating compassion with other people. So before I dive in, please remember to hit subscribe or go leave a review. I read my first review from, I think it was Karen, and so I appreciate it. Karen, I really appreciate you leaving leaving me a review. I It was so fun to read, so if you can go leave a review, I would greatly appreciate it. So with grief, there is a huge expectation from society to be done grieving like really quickly. I know when you are grieving, it takes up your whole life. It takes up your whole mind, your body, your energy, everything. And other people aren't feeling feeling it like you are. Other people are able to kind of move forward with your life and you are stuck in this hole of grief. That is what it felt like for me. I would get kind of frustrated sometimes that here I am stuck in this this grief pit and everyone else just can kind of move on with their lives. And I would say in the beginning of grief it was easier for me to allow grief to come, to openly grieve, to show my emotions because it was so obvious that I would be grieving, especially in the first few days. Like, Of course, it's not um, unheard of to see me crying or being sad. But as time goes on, grief really doesn't have such a front seat in my life where people are seeing me grieve every day, and everyone might not realize the depth of grief and how vast it is in my life. And I, I would have to say that I believe for you, others don't realize either how much grief is really a part of your life and, and kind of becomes a part of who you are. And so as time goes on, it might seem more difficult to grieve because not of no, it not feeling accepted by society, that other people think you're stuck in the past, or that you are stuck, or that you um, need to pick yourself up and get on with it. There's so many different phrases that people use. When are you going to be yourself again? Why can't you be happy? Um, So many different things where, like, I want to give a quick example. I went to a um, midwife appointment with one of my babies, and we started talking about, like, my fears and with anxieties with pregnancy, and then I started talking about Aria, and I got teary-eyed, And a little bit sad and she immediately got like oh my gosh are you in therapy do you need help you need to get into counseling all these things and I was like kind of like okay this is what is so misunderstood about grief that because I'm sad because I show emotion of sadness for Aria doesn't mean that I'm not handling my grief well I have spent many hours in therapy, so I'm very supportive of it. And I'm not against going back to therapy if I find that I need it in my life. I What I don't appreciate is when people put that expectation on you that because you get sad that you need therapy because you are not doing good, because you are sad, you know, however many years later that you're stuck in the past and you better do some work because you shouldn't be crying about that. You should not be sad. There's been way too many years that have passed and you need to get over it already. So that is just my little two cents about when when she was saying that, like I knew grief well enough for me. I knew grief well enough in my life that I was able to let it go. I was able to be like, well, she just doesn't get it, that's fine. And it didn't actually affect me that much. It's just a story for others to understand that grief never fully goes away and that's kind of how there's this perception from other people um, that if you are feeling grief that you are somehow stuck or need some extra support. So I want to run through a few tools that I have used to allow myself to grieve even after, for me, it's been almost four years. The first one is to acknowledge that everyone else will move on. Um, I think it's really easy to kind of feel like you want to put a stake in the ground and like get, because everybody else moving on feels really unfair. It feels really like that's not okay. Um, And so you want to get like angry about it and be like, hey, that's not okay. Look at me, blah, blah, blah. I I don't know if that makes any sense, but... Because other people are moving on, that is their life and they do not understand the scope of the grief and the depth of grief. And even for me, when I am talking to another grieving human, I have my own life in my own grief. We all, our bubbles in our life are filled by our own life. So for me, I can't, I don't want to sit and blame other people for living their own lives because it's they have their own lives to live. They need to live their own lives. And just like we all need to live our own lives. So just because everyone else is quote unquote moving on, it doesn't mean that you're not allowed to grieve. It doesn't mean that you are stuck in the past. It doesn't mean that you are not allowed to be sad. So just like allowing it to be because that is the way it is rather than fighting with it and getting angry and trying to make everyone else um like, I don't know, trying to force everyone else who doesn't want to is only going to make it worse for yourself. It doesn't do anything for them. It just makes your experience worse. And if you can just allow yourself to grieve no matter what, no matter what other people think, no matter what society thinks, and understanding that your grief is a part of your experience and the person you loved is always going to be a part of your life and that you don't need to quote unquote move on, it really, really makes your experience a little bit lighter and it's easier to allow yourself to be sad when sadness comes up rather than saying I shouldn't be this way or what's wrong with me. How come I'm going backwards? How come I'm stuck in the past? So that's that's a one tool that I would use. And then really just allowing space for emotions and feelings. Um I know it can, I feel like it's been talked about more and more um, how important it is to feel our emotions and feelings. And maybe you feel like you do feel them, but sometimes we can do things that seem like we're being productive, like keeping busy or doing these other things that really are ways to prevent us from feeling or sitting in our emotions. So I don't think we need to sit in our emotions and be there, you know, constantly 24-7 of the day and to just be... Um, sitting in grief 24-7, but to allow space and silence and time for those emotions and feelings to come up and to tend to them when they when they need to come out. So I kind of think of grief as a garden that needs to be cared for and tended to. It's not like, a, um, you know, we can just shove it in a box and pre- put it on the shelf and let it get dusty because it is not going to stay there but it really, really needs to be cared for. And we need to allow the space, we need to water it and to let the sun shine on it and talk about it or feel it or however it shows up for you. And something else I've done is when I feel like, you know, in the beginning for me, grief was easy to feel. Grief came up often and constantly. And now as time has gone on and even, you know, only not too long after Aria died, it felt like it kind of built up then. So it came in waves rather than a constant every single day. It just kind of built up over time and it would slowly build up and then it just comes out at some point. And sometimes you can feel it. You can feel that it's building up, but it's not really like coming out. And so I have used um, different things to trigger that buildup of emotion. So to, to help me release it and to help me like, so I I intentionally, I intentionally like amplify those emotions. I find something that is going to make me connect with Aria or connect with the feelings of grief to help me cry, to get, get that emotion released from me and that energy released rather than letting it keep build up in there. So for me, I have used a lot is um, finding taking Aria's clothes out and looking at them they always remind me of her and how big she was and like I loved dressing her in her clothes so that is usually something I can use um, I can go to the cemetery by myself as well or look at pictures or videos those are different ways that I use to purposely trigger me to get sad or to cry and I think this is something important to note because it's super easy to want to run away from anything that makes you sad because it hurts. So then we're like, no, I'm not looking at any pictures. I can't look at videos. I can't, I can't look at their clothes. I can't go in that bedroom, which is fine if you don't want to make that choice, but you're also really limiting yourself in your life. So when you understand that by doing those things you are allowing other things to have way more control over your life rather than like the fear of those feelings rather than just feeling those feelings you have so much more agency in your life then and so another thing as time has gone on i cannot pinpoint as much um everything to grief so in the beginning grief you know is easy to say okay yeah That's from grief. This is from grief. I'm exhausted from grief. I'm tired from grief. Um, You know, I'm sad from grief. I'm sad from this. I'm angry from grief. And as time goes on, I I can't just say, you know, this, my grief is causing my anger. Um, I can't blame everything on grief. But I understand that grief is more a part of who I am. It's a part of my makeup now it's a part of me and I am okay with that. My grief will come and go. There's times where it'll feel more heavy and sometimes where it feels lighter. And most of the time for me now, I I am able to thrive and have a beautiful life and grief comes and goes. So it's not like I never grieve, but it's, it's still there. And so the thing that I've realized is in the beginning, I used to blame everything on grief. And now I've realized that no matter if it's from grief or not, I can take steps forward. Whether my anger that I'm feeling is related to grief or if it's related to my thoughts that I'm having or you know my perception that my kids should be doing something different than they are, um, it really comes down to me and working on myself and taking steps forward for myself in in my anger or sadness or frustration or depression or whatever it is, um, taking that responsibility for myself and my own emotions and life, whether it's grief or not. So that's something for as time has gone on for me has been really important to acknowledge that grief is just a part of me and it doesn't really matter if it's grief or not. It's just, it's okay for me to, acknowledge that emotion and to allow it to express itself in a healthy way and to release and to like kind of deal with the issue as well. When grief came into my life I felt broken and stuck and I often wondered if I was doing this whole grieving thing right. I was on a journey to get rid of my grief to be done with it and little did I know that grief is a part of my life now. And that to begin healing, I really needed to mesh my life and my grief together. That grief is this invisible person that has come to walk by my side the rest of my life and I cannot get rid of it. So how do you mesh grief together with your life? How do you know if you are taking steps forward in your grief? This is what I help you with in grief coaching. I help you create space and awareness around your grief so you can learn to have happiness, joy, contentment, and be excited about your future. Your story is not over. I truly believe that. Your loss is a part of your story, but you have so much life left to live. If you want to do the work and you are committed to working through your grief, I am here to help you, and I truly, truly believe in you. To schedule a free 30-minute call with me, you can go to www.meganhillica.com slash griefcoaching. That's www.meganhillica.com slash griefcoaching. So something that has been huge for me in helping me um, kind of be comfortable with my grief is discovering who I am. So this is something that after a loss is really difficult, feeling lost, feeling like you're broken, feeling like you have no control over your life, like you don't even know who you are anymore. And when I have begun kind of paying attention to myself, learning who I am learning more about myself through different tests. I have taken <laughs> countless um, like personality tests, energy profiling tests. I'll give you a few. Um, if you know the Myers-Briggs personality tests, I am an ENFP, I think, or ENFJ. I guess I'd have to double check. Um, I am a 7 on the Enneagram and a 3-1 on the energy profiling, like Carol Tuttle, um, personality types. And so I just feel like having all these different tests that I've taken and kind of becoming more aware of who I am have helped me in my grief as well. They've helped me become more comfortable in myself and who I am and understanding what my strengths and weaknesses are. And then understanding what my strengths and weaknesses are in my grief as well. Um, I really think becoming more compassionate with yourself and um kind of really having a little bit more love for yourself not in a way of like um arrogance but just like understanding that god made you who you are god made me who i am he has given me the gifts that i i have and the struggles that i have and i can learn how to navigate them by becoming aware of them um just really becoming aware of that has helped me navigate grief in, in so many ways and helped me become more comfortable with allowing my grief to be there without, you know, the expectations from society telling me that it shouldn't be or that, you know, if you haven't healed your grief or, you know, they, there is this like expectation that you, you should heal grief and never get sad again or never, you know, never miss them anymore. When reality is that, you can learn how to build your life bigger around grief. You can learn how to carry your grief. You can learn how to navigate grief and have a beautiful life. But your grief will always be there. And I have learned for me that it's okay. It's okay for my grief to always be there. It's okay for me to get sad. It's okay for me to remember in Miss Aria. She's part of my experience in this life. And so really diving into who I am and becoming more comfortable with myself has helped me kind of navigate that as well. So, I hope those little tips and tools have our little bit can help you um kind of allow yourself to grieve even though others kind of have moved on or they have that expectation that you shouldn't be grieving anymore. I honestly I hear from people far too often in my opinion that reach out and say like oh my sister lost her daughter and um she is really not dealing with it well like I want to give her this or that and I'm like you know what your opinion of them and their grief is um really only your opinion your grief is your own my grief is my own, and we can only deal with ourselves. Nobody else can grieve for you. Nobody else can tell you how to grieve. No one else can do your grief for you. And you really only know your grief um, the best. You are the expert in your own grief. And so that's just it's something to acknowledge that it's up to you. It's up to you to decide. And if you like want some help or encouragement in exploring yourself in your grief and kind of getting more tools diving deeper than we did today specifically for yourself I do grief coaching one-on-one I have a few openings and I really think that as a coach I just help you like hone in or shine light on the things that you already know about yourself because sometimes we don't allow ourselves to to um open up to those things because we don't want to or we don't feel like we should. There's so many shoulds in our lives. And so I really just help you um, find those things, validate them, and begin doing the work on them. So if you want to do grief coaching with me, I do have a few openings. You can message me on Instagram at Cultivated Family, or send me an email at hello at MeganHillica.com as always, I really appreciate you being here. If you like this podcast, please share it with a friend or someone who is grieving and would like some support and guidance and maybe some hope in their life. Thank you for joining me. I'll see you next week.